Well, little known fact, there were more female surrealist artists than in many other art movements, but even now they're still not getting the credit they're due. An exhibition of surrealist art that's on loan to De Papa from the Netherlands hopes to set the record straight. Alongside surrealist superstars like Salvador Dali and René Magritte will be found equally astonishing art by Leonora Carrington, Eileen Agar and Merit Oppenheim. We have a gallery of photographs from the exhibition on our webpage rnz.co.nz slash standingroomonly. Well, I spoke to Els Hook, the curator from Museum Boymans von Berninger in Rotterdam that's loaning the work from their extensive collection, and to Tapapa curator Lizzie Bisley. First, I asked Els to define surrealist art. In a narrow way, we would be talking about a group of artists in Paris in the 20s and 30s around uh, André Breton, the leader of the surrealist, poets, visual artists, uh, filmmakers, different uh, disciplines. But in a broad sense, I think we could call surrealism more like an attitude, a mental state of mind. And surrealism is still alive today, I think. And um, maybe it's not possible to define it. Artists were going to the extreme. They were pushing those boundaries as far as they possibly could. They were, and they had to because the situation in Europe was so bad at that very moment. Uh, the, there was a war going on. Uh, the, the whole social life was restricted by all kind of bourgeois va- values. And young people had to break through. They had to make a point that they didn't agree with the way things were going. So that's why they did it, I think. Else, what was the, the response to surrealist art? At the time, do you think, from the from the public and from critics? The broader public was interested and especially uh, also challenged, especially by their, the actions and by the paintings of Salvador Dali. I think he was able to raise a lot of uh, interest and uh, yeah, by presenting himself uh, in certain ways. So did he quickly become... One of the key members of the surrealist. I think for the for the audience, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, because he was yeah in a populist way. He was presenting himself, and um, also his painting was of course very refined, and people could relate to it in a more in in an easier way than they could relate to more abstract uh, ways of uh, of painting. A really meticulous painter, though, isn't he? When you get to see them close up, the detail is really extraordinary. Yeah. It is, and I think people saw that uh, at that moment already. But surrealism as a whole, I don't think that it was really popular, uh, in, especially not in France, maybe in America a little bit more that, that people... Yeah, I feel as if there's this kind of shift in maybe in the 30s where you get, um, there was a big surrealist exhibition in London and you got thousands of people queuing up to see it and there was a kind of a shock value to surrealism at that point, this sense of surrealism being a provocation and kind of something that people almost loved to hate in a way. It was a kind of... Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's a good description. So what was happening in New Zealand at the time, Lizzie? Was surrealism... I don't know if we had a, a group of surrealist artists, but was it influential for our art, do you think, at the time? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Not probably so much in those very early years, so not in the 20s so much, but you find um, 
I've been um, doing a bit of reading about Rita Angus recently and you find her writing in her letters and things about having been reading about Dali and reading about surrealism by the 30s. So quite quickly, New Zealand artists are aware of surrealism um, and Rita, you know, she's quite interested in kind of symbolism and mysticism and so she picks up some of those things in her work. Um, You also have New Zealand artists, I mean, Len Lai, who's a very important New Zealand filmmaker and sculptor who was, you know, actually on the fringes of the London Surrealist Group. He was living in London at the time of this big exhibition in 1936 and his work was included alongside works by, you know, people like René Magritte and Dali. So, So he was kind of part of that world. More recently, you have quite a lot of New Zealand artists who've been quite influenced by um, the kind of more conceptual sides of surrealist art. So um, alongside this fabulous, huge exhibition that's come to us from the Boymans Museum, my colleague Megan Tamati Quinnell is hanging a few works by um, New Zealand artist Shane Cotton and Michael Parakofai, which will be on the floor above the Boyman's exhibition and these are two artists who've been very influenced by um, Marcel Duchamp and René Magritte and so these are some works that show the ways that they've been working through those artists and their legacy in contemporary New Zealand art. The names we've been mentioning have been of the more of the male artists but I had no idea that surrealism was a real draw card for so many female artists. Yeah, one of the things that's um, fascinating about surrealism is actually how many women were involved in all aspects of surrealism. So um, surrealism is a movement that's not just an art movement, it's also you know about writing and performance. And you get women who are surrealist filmmakers, who are publishers, who run galleries. And compared with other art movements of the early 20th century, surrealism had a lot more women involved in it in all of these different ways than than those other movements did. Although one of the things that's been interesting is that a lot of the women artists have been kind of overlooked by art history and it's only really since the 80s that that started to be corrected. Such a familiar and annoying story, isn't it? But at least (laughs) it's happening now. Yeah. You know, it's fascinating to see all of these women, these you know, incredibly important artists, amazing artists who have been relatively unknown and suddenly their work is starting to kind of be celebrated and shown and acquired by big public collections like the Boymans, which is a yeah, a really exciting thing to see all of these histories coming out and broadening our sense of what surrealism is. So has the Boymans been actively looking for uh, through the start by women artists? Yes, yes. And uh, I, have, I must be a little bit ashamed to say that the female artists, the women artists that are in the collection now, they have been acquired only the last maybe 10, 12 years. Yeah. At least you're yeah. doing it. Like, don't, don't beat yourself <laughs> up. <laughs> Listen, I think Leonora Carrington's is, is someone who's particularly dear to you. What is it about her and her art that clearly speaks to you? Well, Leonora Carrington, there's a work from um, of hers which is in the exhibition, which is probably my favourite painting in the show, although it's hard to say for sure. <laughs> but it's um, one of the reasons that she's so amazing is because she is such a incredibly talented painter. And when you look at this work, it's called, again, The Jebaniah in the Orchard, and it's this um, kind of amazing mysterious magical scene of a um, a walled garden with this white horse riding through it and then there's this sort of 
gateway that appears to be opening in the middle of the painting and a flock of birds are flying out from this gateway, sort of maybe from another world. Um, and it's the, the ways in which um, Leonora Carrington has painted the work bring out this kind of amazingly fantastical, strange feeling from the subject. So it has these very kind of thin, gauzy uh, layers of paint, which make you feel as if there are kind of multiple worlds combined in this one canvas. Um, She also has amazing attention to detail. So when you look at the work, you find all these um, tiny little scenes happening all around it that you don't at first see, but the more you look at it, the more you can see. And she was very interested in art history and spent a lot of time looking at particularly early 16th century Italian and Dutch art and you get this um, all of these really fabulous references to that which are kind of scattered through the work in these lush you know one of the um, figures in this painting is wearing this lush kind of dress that looks like it could be 16th century cut velvet you know there's this kind of lovely combination of all of these different things and the work is just completely magical and transporting. But Leonora Carrington is also really fascinating in part because she's such a prolific artist. She's such a dedicated artist. She's also a poet and a playwright. Um, And she has a really, really fascinating biography of kind of establishing herself as an artist against quite a lot of big, quite big odds. Um, And so I find her quite inspirational as as a figure as well. Else, who are some of the other female surrealist artists we'll see here? I see the Oppenheim name, which is a famous name, of course. Yes, uh, we have the painting of uh, Merit Oppenheim in the exhibition uh, under the Residas. Uh, she's one. I think my favourite is Unika Surn, a German uh, uh, artist who was uh, also a writer, uh, like Leonora, actually, writing and painting and making poems. And actually, she worked in the film industry as well. So she was hugely talented in many ways and uh, also... Um, There are two works of her in the exhibition, one drawing and one painting, and they are both black, more or less black, and you only see, when you come close, you see all kind of uh, scenes. In the painting, they are even scratched out in the paint, so there are very thin lines and dots, and it's a complete magical scene Mm. of of a circus, uh, all kind of creatures in the air, walking on ropes, having little bicycles. It's really amazing, yeah. It's, it's uh, so I love that that work has so much movement in it. It feels as if all of the figures are moving and all of the part, there are all these kind of magical machines in the background. Yeah. And, yeah, and all the little alive. dots are like tinkling, like yeah. lights coming <laughs> yeah. from behind. It's yeah. really, it's, yeah, you will see it. It's lovely. It feels like, in a way, the opposite to Dali, if you look, if you think about it, and the kind of these big bright works of his with defined characters. So, I mean, that that to me speaks of how broad surrealism is in in our heads when we're trying to think about the work. There's a huge diversity within that label. It's a bit dangerous to think of it only in terms of the work of one or two well-known artists. Yeah. Really diverse. Yeah, Yeah. very. And I think one of the things that's interesting about surrealism is it's really not a style. You know, it is kind of a way of looking at the world and a way of thinking. Yeah, there's a lovely quote from André Breton from his first manifesto of surrealism where he describes it as the landscapes of dreams and the space of thought set free, which I love the kind of poetry of that sense of um, opening up your mind to 
the full depths of kind of human experience and the human psyche and bringing in, you know, the unknown and the unconscious and dreams and desires and kind of allowing those things to fill up your everyday life. Um, and surrealism is really about stepping outside of the kind of bounds of you know, social rules and social conventions and allowing all of those other things to come in. And different artists and different writers express that in lots and lots of different ways. So there isn't one particular style that says surrealism and you can't take one particular artist as a kind of stand-in for what surrealism is. It often feels like a conversation as much as anything else yeah. between different groups yeah. of yeah. people. Else is another of the female surrealists you want to talk about? Well, I mentioned my favorite, uh, but uh, there's another artist, and I think we should mention her, and that's Aileen Agar. And she was in this surrealist exhibition that uh, Lizzie mentioned before in 1936 in London as the only woman, I think, more or less. Eh? One of the very few, yeah. One of the very yeah. few. And uh, she is in the exhibition with a completely different work, again, from Carrington and Unikatsurn. Uh, it's, uh, the, the, there is one really huge painting, uh, which you can hardly handle. It's so thick with paint, and uh, <laughs> there is a kind of a cubist uh, inclination, but it's a huge seated female figure, which maybe you would even think about patchwork or something like that. And then there are opposite to this, there are a few very small, uh, small scale collages with sea objects in it, into it. And um, yeah, I think you will love it too. Else, how did the Poymans come to have such a, an extraordinary collection of surrealist art? When did it decide to, to start collecting the furniture and the art and everything? After the Second World War, uh, actually at that moment, we didn't have any collection of modern art yet. The then directors uh, appointed a curator of modern art and she was Belgian. And in the, in the Netherlands further, the, the focus was very much on Mondrian and the style uh, after the Second World War. The, these artists were more or less <coughs> rediscovered. But um, yeah, the Boymans... Uh, was focusing on surrealism also because of the Belgian curator, I think, because in Belgium, uh, surrealism, because of Magritte, had, uh, had a much stronger appeal than in the Netherlands. There was in the Netherlands a small group of surrealists, but it was not so alive. So uh, we were focusing then on acquiring uh, surrealist art, and there was a big collection in, uh, in Belgium, a private collection. We w were able to acquire a few works from it. And then at a certain moment, this curator, Renelde Hamacher is her name, she um, decided to make a Dali exhibition. And in order to be able to have work for this exhibition, she contacted the English collector Edward James. And Edward James was one of the surrealists, more or less. He was a friend of Magritte and a mecenas, a friend of Dali. And he had a huge collection. And from this collaboration for the Dali exhibition, we slowly were able to acquire from his collection works because at that moment Edward James was in Mexico and he was having this huge project in the, in the jungle, uh, building a garden and he needed money so he started to 
sell his collection, which was lucky for the Boymans. And ever since then, surrealism is like a main uh, center of focus. So we also, with contemporary art, we also look at artists that are, yeah, a little bit surreal or have this surreal inclination. Curators Els Hook and Lizzie Bisley, Surrealist Art Masterpieces from Museum Boymans von Berninger opens at Te Papa in Wellington on Saturday.